Welcome to The Confessional. I'm Mike Moran. Tell us your deepest, your creepiest, your funniest. Confess to us. No one's listening. All right, everybody, welcome to the Confessional Podcast. My name is Mike Moran, and I am joined, as always, by, by producer Jimmy and friend. Soleski. Yes, there <laughs> we are. Jimmy, how are you? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. Jimmy, I'm excited about this episode. Do you know why? Because it's things that, uh, well, I don't want to... That's I one don't of three reasons. It. Okay, okay. Well, the other two reasons are guests? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, four reasons. Four, okay. Jimmy, too. <laughs> okay, me too. Good. Uh, Jimmy, before we begin, can you tell people where, where they can find Confessional? Yes. Uh, if you would like to participate in Confessional, we do this every week, a new topic every week. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash confessional podcast. Mike posts the uh, topic every week where you can submit your confessionals either in the thread publicly or you can uh, private message him or DM as the mm. Gen Zers say right. uh, if you want to have your confession read anonymously. Uh, you can also stream everything on Spotify, Google Play. Uh, are there any, any other streaming platforms? I'm sure I'm missing a couple. I think Apple that's the po- only two. Okay, Apple Podcasts. Yeah, it's kind of a PepsiCo kind of situation. 1090 WBAL Radio. Oh, <laughs> follows. <laughs> And uh, Jimmy, you of course have the live from the studio podcast as well. Yes, I do. I do that with comedian Eric Glazer. We uh, release our episodes every week as well. Uh, do that with a comedian named. Did I already say I do a comedian named Eric Glazer? You said it like twelve seconds ago. Uh, or okay. Less. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to hear me repeat myself more, follow us at LFTS Podcast across the board. Everything. Now, Jimmy, we have a very special guest co-host today. This woman is a good friend of mine. She, she brought me a box of cereal the other week when I was feeling down. That's friendship. And she, uh, she's she been on the podcast before. Please welcome Rosalind Paris. Thank you. <laughs> that box of cereal was Lucky Charms, and it was St. Patrick's yeah, Day. Yeah, so it wasn't it was... just a box of cereal. It was like, it was it was wow. the box of cereal okay. of the time. It's the only way to express your love is through marshmallow mm-hmm. and oat. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that is yeah traditional. Um, Rosalind, what do you got going on these days? You have anything uh, you, you want to tell people about, or? Yeah, so I'm doing uh, my own podcast <gasps> that we started during quarantine, uh, <laughs> and it's comedians interviewing comedians about comedy. Okay, unheard of. Um, and you can catch that. It's called Laughing into the Void. You can catch that every Wednesday. At 8.30, uh, you can either stream it on districtcomedy.io, or you can look for the podcast. The new one's released every Sunday. And I'm the co-host of Mondo Baltimore, which is a film series where we show bad movies that are entertaining. And we're coming back live to the auto bar mm. on July 1st. Excellent. So very excited. All right. That's great. Oh, Now, Rosalind, the topic today... Stuff we shouldn't have watched so young. There's got to be a better way to say that. Uh, <laughs> you could have at least said that better. Right, right. Um, and our guest, who I'm very excited to have, is uh, a member of Baltimore Improv Group, a founding member, yeah, I might add. Founding member. She, but but not part of the not part of the racist. <laughs> I don't know if I would lead with that as my yeah. descriptor, actually. But, <laughs> this woman is definitely not racist. Please welcome. Uh, well, as you can tell, we have so much diversity here. We have white Greek, we have white Irish. Uh, but she also does the Stoop Storytellers, Jimmy. You familiar with that? Uh, no, but I'm. And by the way, I was on both of I was on the Stoop Storytellers and her and Rosalind's podcast this year. Yeah. Okay. You were. You did a great job. Humble. It's stoop, it's stoop storytelling series. What did I say? Well, you said stoop storytellers, which is not—it's not wrong, but like we're officially the stoop storytelling okay. series. It's well, totally fine. Nonetheless, please welcome our guest Jessica Hankin. Thank you for having me. Why, why did I think it was stoop storytellers? Just—is that well, like the I mean, nickname? I mean, I Do other people say that or? <laughs> nope. Oh. 
You were the first to say it, and maybe we should change it to that. It's great. It has a good ring to it. Yeah. But but if you need to find us, it's Stoop Storytelling Series. Right. Stoop Storytelling Series. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm other things, too. I'm a, I'm a wife and mom, and I work for Baltimore City School System during the day. All right. Oh, boy. Yeah. Awesome. So the, actually, the last thing I would lead with is founding member of the Baltimore <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, what are you working on these days, Jessica? Do you have an, another stoop coming yeah, up? Yeah, we do. Gotta... We do. We have one on actually just two days from now. Well, I don't know when. The, we have one Saturday, June 5th, outdoors um, at the Ivy Bookstore okay. bookshop. See, I'm going to do to them what you did to me. They have right. a, they, It's specifically the Ivy. It's called the Ivy. Okay. They have these beautiful Ivy gardens. Ivy or Ivy? Ivy. Like okay. the, the plant. Plant. Okay. They have these beautiful gardens, <laughs> and it's an outdoor show. Um, and we're we're gonna have a swing band and cool. seven storytellers, two comedians, two local comedians, nice. Jim Meyer and Josh Kaderna. Oh, okay. And um, and we're sold out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but, which I'm very excited about. What's so, the theme of this one? Reemergence. Reemergence. Mm, you know, out of pandemic, like the okay. cicadas. Right. Cicadas, right. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. It's good. It's good. Yeah. All right. Well, Jessica, you wanted to come here today and discuss stuff we watched way too young. Right. What made you? What, what makes you want to discuss that subject? Well, I mean, because I. So, um, do you want the long answer or the short answer? It depends on how long each one is. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I'll say this. So I I was born uh, in 1974. All right. As, which which is an important like context for this. Um, and I, we were, um, there's two other things to know. One is that I come from, um, white trash, but like nice, they're nice white trash and, um, (laughs) and aspirational white trash. So by the time, um, I get to six years old, 1980, we had moved to Annapolis and we were one of the first families to get cable. So the second thing to know is that my brother is nine years older than me. So while I'm six years old, he's 15. Okay. And the third thing is to know that anyone, if they're going to follow the story, is that my family was kind of um, imploding at the time, my white trash aspirational family. Um, So my mom um, and... Um, everyone should know I'm fine now. Like I'm a stable person. <laughs> it's got like this is, this is gonna sound a lot worse. Stable than person, this. not racist. Yes, you look very camped. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I washed. You do. I washed recently. Um, but the uh, my mom was was a very dear, sweet uh, woman who just loved TV and alcohol. <laughs> and um, oh. and then my dad was uh, doing three things at this time. He was, um, businessman. So he was very, very business, very busy with his business. It was construction. Um, he was having an affair, <laughs> which also made him very busy. And he sure. was different. I know. I always think about like, how do people have oh, time God. to have a family and have an affair? He's aspirational. Uh, yeah. He's yeah, aspirational. That's true. He yeah. Is. And yeah. he was also getting into community theater, which I'm not going <laughs> to. That's, a, that's <laughs> a weird mix. <laughs> I know. <laughs> So regardless, my dad's never there. My mom is, is if she's there with me, we're watching super inappropriate TV because it's just what the fuck she wants to watch. There was really not a lot of dedicated programming to like kids. Really? really. Especially not at night. Okay. Like well, it was a, what are we talking here? Uh, so this was like 1981. So like if there was going to be something at night that was for kids, I don't. you guys would never remember this, but there was like this... Um, CBS CBS had this like rollout like special like it was like a big deal like the logo would be oh like, yeah like a, the watershed moment in yes. Britain yeah yeah so it was like that would be for like Charlie Brown's Christmas or like Sound of Music right. like those were those were like unusual things to have for okay. for evening programming mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. usually we would just be watching I mean. Every any given night would be like Mash, which I adored. I remember my Mash reminds me of my childhood. I remember like the smell of beer and my dad watching it on a black and white TV in the afternoon. And it's a good in the song like triggers like good. Oh memories God, yeah! I used to play Mash. <laughs> That's, I'm not joking. So Wait. like like I would build like a weird, um, like uh, blanket fort. Like and pretend okay. I was in a tent. I'm on board so far. And um, use the funnels that we would like. I believe we had for like um, Kool Aid powdered mix. 
Right. And pretend <laughs> that I was like making, like distilling alcohol, I guess. Like, like the way that Hawkeye that, and Trapper did. That's in what their, they would do? They were moonshining well, in I Vietnam? I think they were moonshining. No, okay. they were not in Vietnam. Oh, yeah, they Korea, were in Korea. Korea. They were, um, yeah, they were making their own <laughs> martinis. <laughs> <laughs> with like, and I had, I remember trying to put straws together. So that, that's a very, that, like I have this memory and that's so sad. Like that, that would be how I <laughs> like made my playful. Yeah. So well, that I watched, sounds fun. I liked doing stuff like that as yeah, a kid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so MASH, what else was on? Well, so like, I mean, I watched um, very scary shit from a very early age because the other thing is if my brother wasn't there then the babysitter that i had was Jeannie matos who was oh her yeah awesome. i hate her oh uh, no no we love her. Oh, we, we love her we love her we love sorry Jeannie. but Jeannie <laughs> came from a super duper crazy catholic uh family that was so strict and they didn't have television so i was this access point to like all the television, nice, you know. Nice. So, so it was she, like a vacation coming oh over god, Jeannie just fucking loved it. So like I watched <laughs> through Jeannie um, Friday the Thirteenth when it came on. Like all right, the nice. first one. Yeah, like okay. with Kevin Bacon when I oh, was yeah. like, what? I mean, I I still remember how terrified I was of woods after that, of yeah. like running in the woods. Like I wouldn't, I didn't want to do that. I was like seven, <laughs> <laughs> seven or eight. Watched The Exorcist with my brother, oh my who th- he thought it was funny. I like. I like I definitely was so warped by these like faces of death. I believe oh was like God. one of them. Faces I'm like, shocked by how many people have seen those, yeah, well, those movies. When you have an older sibling, that comes on TV. No, no, no. <laughs> well, I think- next <laughs> faces first, of death. <laughs> first on Home Improvement, Tim gets a new car. <laughs> And then later on Faces of Death, animals literally being mutilated. Sponsored by Prigo, Monster yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sauce. Uh, anyway. Yeah. But so then went, then it went from like, I had gotten my fill of like scary shit, right? Sounds like it. So my mom, so then I just, you know, wanted to watch with my mom mostly. And it was just watching like. That was a very rapey time in TV and mm-hmm. movies. So, like, just that watching era. gross, like, body heat, I remember watching <laughs> with my mom at, like, age it's, eight. I remember, like, it being kind of a, a cool trope for, like, the, the man to just kind of, like, grab the woman oh, and, like, God, and, like, pull yeah. her forward. And, yeah. All of and, that. And then and she would, like, resist at first, and then she'd be into it, oh, you know? Oh, no. That's like, it. So, th- I mean, yeah. That's, <laughs> like, that's how I, like, I didn't have any real life models for right. relationship. So like I got my understanding of what romance and like dating would be <laughs> through Hawkeye. like yeah, Hawkeye, body heat, um faces of death, faces of death. Yeah. uh dynasty, guiding light, <laughs> like all that shit from like a super early age. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Dallas. Okay. Okay. <laughs> were you were you concerned about JR? Oh yeah, I was definitely was that a big like, deal? invested in that. That was slightly before my time. I remember hearing about that. Yeah, it was Kristen. My That's friend's aunt was it. on Dallas. <gasps> oh gosh. Lois Childs. I don't remember her character's name, but she was also in a James Bond movie. She Whoa. was in Moonraker. Wow. She played Dr. Holly Goodhead. That's amazing. <laughs> That's fame adjacent right there. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Um. All right. So, what what do you think was was the one that that really did it to you, Jessica? What what really rocked your? What was the the one that just pushed you into the person you are today? Well, so that's a great question. So there. So I um. Thank you for that question. Is what I'm going to say. I'm going to say the one, the weird. Okay. I have, it's a weird answer. The answer is, it is an um an Alan Alda production called The Four Seasons. So um, I watched it like age eight, enraptured. It is not a scary movie. It's a movie that um, in, involves um, the Four Seasons and Carol Burnett and Alan Alda and well, other What friends. do you mean by the Four Seasons? Like, the hotel or no, the musical like group the, or the actual seasons? They, so it, they take, they are together in winter, spring, summer, and fall. Okay, okay. And it's it just it it's basically unpacks. A group of friends in middle age um, who were working. Well, that sounds exciting for a kid to watch. Through their marriage issues, and this and is like, the one that disturbed you, not no, faces of death. It's not even that it's disturbed, but it like made me who I was because that was like a. I was like, oh, I want to be like this because they're complicated 
but they're rich, like, and they're talking about college, and like, I that seems interesting. <laughs> like, so wow. I truly fucking think that I got like my path to like, okay, I need to figure out how to get to college and like be kind of neurotic and New Yorky from right. this movie. Okay, so it's kind of kind of that New York metropolitan, yeah, uh, 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 Mary Tyler Moore kind of thing going on. My- well, yeah, but it was more like intellectual. <laughs> Was right. It like okay. The big chill? A little more Woody yeah, Allen. Yeah, a little bit like the Big Chill, which I also yeah. did. I saw on cable. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a thing, kind of growing up. Like the idea of like the New York artist. You yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's that's one of the only times you'd see like gay people, like gay, like openly gay men. You know, like right? on PBS or something, or they're like talking about the art scene in New York. Yeah. Well, we were not a PBS family. I want to be really clear <laughs> because had we been, I it doesn't think I sound like it. Yeah, I don't think developmentally uh, appropriate. Yeah, as far as I know, I don't. I don't think they uh, put on Friday the Thirteenth after uh, Anne of Green Gables. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, why don't we uh, jump into a confession here, and then we'll we'll. Get to some other stuff. Um, I wanted to read this one because we mentioned The Exorcist. This is from Lorraine Schweikard, Renton, Washington. Mm. I was just trying to pin that down. Oh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> I saw The Exorcist between 6 and 8. But to be honest, it was a Channel 11 KSTW version, heavily, weirdly edited for TV, which is even more bizarre and upsetting. <laughs> I know they cut out the part where Reagan pees at her mom's fancy party. Like, she comes down the stairs and freaks out. I was like, wow, her mom was really serious about her staying in a room for that party. <laughs> That's the part where she came down the stairs and said, you're all going to die up there. Well, she says, you're going to die up there to the, the astronaut. astronaut. Who yeah. actually got his own movie a few years later. That yeah. character. Yeah. Yeah, the ninth configuration. Um, wow, you really, so you're a deep, like, horror horror. Kind buff. of, yeah. kind of. Yeah, yeah. I felt like, as, even as a child, I felt like the beginning of the Exorcist was the scariest. Like the part where they're in, like the Sudan or what? Like, yes. and and yes. like there's the mm-hmm. guy and the- they they actually weren't allowed to. They had to get, uh, hire a British crew for that because Americans were not allowed in that area of Iraq at the time. Real? Oh. It was Iraq or uh, Iran, I think. Oh, actually. interesting. Yeah. yeah, I need to like I I haven't gone back and like. I haven't watched that movie in many, many. I watched years. it recently with my mom. I've, you know, it, that's one of the few versions where I kind of think the remade version, not the, re, they like did like a, you know, a, a director's cut or whatever. And I think it's actually kind of better than the original. Uh, what, you like The Exorcist, Rosalind? It's it's one of my favorite horror movies, probably. Yeah. And like. Which on, version do you like better? The I've version never I've seen never the director's seen? cut. You've never seen the version you've never seen? You know, it's called that, right? It's literally called that. <laughs> I've never the version seen, you've never seen the version I've never seen. Never yeah. seen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's one of my favorite horror movies, and it's actually like one of the few that kind of scares me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dude, I'm telling you, yeah. the, the other one is scarier. There's more of those like ghosty faces. That oh, fuck. Pop up. I hate that mm. in the subway yeah. when he's in the. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It, Roz, why is it you're one of your. Because I get the impression that you and Mike probably aren't easily scared. <laughs> Well, like, it's weird for me because, like, most horror movies don't bother me, but, like, the ones that occasionally do are ones that are very, like, religion and ghost heavy. Yeah, dude. Like, demons are just yeah. the scariest. I don't even believe in that stuff, but, like, there's I don't just either. nothing scarier than a freaking demon that can get inside you. Yeah. Like, I feel like if Jason's chasing me, and I know, like, this is me being cocky, but I feel like I could stop him. Like somehow, like just drop like a cage on him or something. I'm just picturing you with an arm missing, just being like, I was so cocky. I was wrong about that, guys. I was really (sighs) wrong about that. Just be a warning to you. I just feel like I could take him. I don't know. I've got Jason doesn't have a master's degree. I I went to school. That's right. Because you're aspirational. You are aspirational, just like me. That's right. You learned it from the Four Seasons, just like me. (laughs) To be fair, we don't know Jason's educational history, do we? Well, yeah, we, he died when he was a child. Yeah, and, and he, he was already uh, he didn't get a chance. mentally handicapped. Was he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He was uh, he was deformed and he was like slow. <gasps> it, his mom says in the first one he was a special boy. He needed to be yeah. watched. Oh mm. God, that makes it all the oh, that's terrible. <laughs> God, yeah. well, I didn't. He got he got his revenge. Don't <laughs> <worry>. <laughs> I didn't even. Yeah, that one I, I definitely haven't seen. Since yeah, I was the weird a little thing kid. about the Friday the Thirteenth is like they make no sense almost immediately. 
Like the first movie is about a mom who kills camp counselors because her son drowned. And then the next one is like, oh, and also maybe the son didn't drown and he lives in the woods. And that's where, which makes the whole first movie just a big oops. Yeah. And then he's like living dead after that. It's really strange. Well, so you guys are both, so, so it's demon stuff. That's the scary stuff to you. Were you both exposed to Catholicism? I definitely think there's a link there. Um, I actually am one of the very few people I know who like grew up as an atheist. Oh, like, interesting. Wow. My parents raised me to be an atheist. Like Whoa. I've never been to. Church. You went to like atheist school on Sundays and no, but it was like <laughs> watch like Christopher Hitchens videos and I I did watch some Hitchens. Actually, I have one of his books. Even though <laughs> he would do like a reading awful. out of uh, <laughs> out of uh, I don't know fucking uh, Nietzsche. The Big Bang Theory. The Big Bang Theory. No. Um, Show. Sheldon, <laughs> the book of Sheldon. Bazinga. Uh, <laughs> no, my dad just has very strong feelings about organized religion. And so like just from an early age at the dinner table, we would grow up talking about how corrupt religion is and how it's destroying the world, which is like kind of a belief I still sort of hold. Um, send all the hate mail to Mike, not me. <laughs> but um, but if yeah. If we get any mail or messages, I'm psyched. It really doesn't matter <laughs> if it's hate. You know? um, yeah. yeah, but so it's just like, I, I guess it's like kind of like mystifying to me a little bit because mm -hmm. I don't have like the foundation of a belief structure like, oh, I'll pray to Jesus and like the demon will leave. Like, right. I'm like, this shouldn't exist, but mm -hmm. oh God, mm -hmm. in this universe, this exists and there's no way to stop do, it. Do you think there might be some some reality to that? Like, is it, do you think demon possession could be a, a thing, you know, that's just not understood? Um, well, like as an epileptic, <laughs> I think a lot of like what's been mistaken for religious phenomena in the past sure. has been versions of epilepsy. Like uh -huh. if you read the accounts of like Joan of Arc, like a lot of her so-called visions were symptoms of really? temporal lobe epilepsy. Yeah. See, I feel like Joan of Arc, like I feel like she gets written off as, as crazy all the time or like schizophrenic or something. But like, didn't people just talk to God all the time back then? Like, didn't people just like think they were having conversations with the Lord all the time? Yeah. Yeah, well, that was, you know, had the, the origin of Fatima, like the, the two kids who had seen Mary. And, Fatima? Uh, it's a religious place in Portugal. Oh, uh, with, the, with the big statue? Yeah, nope, that's, oh. uh, that's Brazil, I oh, think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure there's a statue somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Nope. Um, <laughs> but Brazil. yeah, I, Land of no statues. One of the it. interesting so things, as I got older and I started to realize, like, oh, horror has all these layers. I still have a very hard time watching it, but I was watching The Exorcist. I, I, I lied when I said I hadn't seen it in a long time. I, I, when I was with a boyfriend, this was... Before I was married. Um, Thanks for that clarification. While you were getting that. into uh, dinner theaters. <laughs> yes, well. yes. No, that was my dad. All <laughs> oh, right, right. right. Um, he was like a film buff. He's actually now like a pretty, he writes a lot for TV and film. So oh, it's yeah? interesting to me that he is like. Is he famous? I, tell he, us who he is. I'm not going to tell you who he is because right. that's just like, I will after. How's that? Like, because okay. it's just fucking cheesy. Does it do. rhyme with Fleelberg? No. You know, okay, fine. <laughs> yes. Florentino. Yes, it's actually, it was Quentin Tarantino. I was on a date with him and we were snuggled up on a couch. And But the date was all out of order. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, you were like, no, yeah, I went into the bathroom to do some joke and <laughs> went downhill from there. Anyway, the, um, what, I, what he was telling me in a very mansplainy way, but in a loving way, man's sure. anyway was that he's like the exorcist isn't scary it's a metaphor for um the loss of like how that the generation of the 50s right was losing control yes, of yes. the subsequent generations mm -hmm. it was mm -hmm. a metaphor counterculture for was kind of counterculture right. and, and adolescence and, uh, and minority rights and i was like oh like it was so like fascinating to me like yeah a metaphor and really reassuring because then i could take like right. a step back and it it didn't feel as powerful well do you think that's the case rosalind with that film is is that the message behind it with the movie i can totally see that um i think for me i read the book 
right. that the movie's based on. Yeah. And it's interesting because with the book, what they did was most of it is Father Karras trying to convince the church that this is a possession. Right, right. So it's very different from the movie. But the book is also very scary. And I yeah. don't know... I guess you could see a metaphor about the church like trying to control right. like, well, you. From what I understand, and it, it, it was supposed to be a pro-Christian movie, wasn't it? Like... It's it, like I think he like wrote it because he wanted people to go back to the, like it. It kind of like was meant to be conservative, and it kind of did the opposite for some reason. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah apparently. Um, There's oh, also it, a real serial killer in that movie. Huh? Really? Yeah. What? There is a scene where they take Reagan. It's good casting to get. Yeah, I know. Uh, they take Reagan to get a spinal tap. And the guy who's working as like oh, a technician I think I know in that. that scene apparently like murdered a lot of like young men. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Mm, talk about meta. Wow. Um, and I don't know if you're aware of the uh, the the boy that it's based upon. In Mount Rainier. Yeah, 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 it's from there. And they recently found out who he was, apparently. Well, he so, worked at NASA. Did he work at so cause my yeah. dad so this is another my white trash I, roots were in Mount Rainier, Maryland. So that I think was also what made the exorcist so scary. Was that? Oh, my did dad, you hear like rumors and stuff? Uh, oh, my up? dad would talk about oh, it tell and us. like like weird stuff about like the the brick wall of the church around where it was like collapsed. Like, and I don't. I have. I'm sure well, none of this is true. If but, I can interrupt you just real quick, okay. apparently they found out it was not Mount Rainier and it was Cottage City. It was printed as Mount Rainier in the in the newspaper to avoid uh, oh, to keep some anonymity. Wait, where is Cottage City? Right next to it. Huh. Hmm. Well, I definitely think my father, who had many many. Affairs could have been lying about this situation. Well, but no, there was urban legends all around it. Yeah, and, it, and it's weird too. We could do a whole episode on this, but like, it's weird because like, uh, apparently there's a big white flight from that community, and it's, yeah. a, it's a very Hispanic community now. Yeah, and uh, so no one's like around that was that was around back then. But I did. I once talked to a girl whose grandmother lived there at the time, and she said it was like kind of a neighborhood hysteria that kind of let, like, several people thought that there was demons oh, running wow. around doing stuff. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. What, what other stories does your dad have? Oh. Um, About the exorcist, not the affair. Oh, because I was like, God, he's got so many weird stories. Because um, he also, just as an aside, I had to go and um, live with him uh when my mom went to rehab and it was just me and my father for uh -huh. like from like my this is especially why I'm, why I'm like a weirdo is because starting from eighth grade it was just the two of us and he told me everything unfiltered so like I got this horrible like you know uh version of what like an older man thinks and and huh. you know oh says like it was anyway um things that my father said about the exorcist i remember just the something about the the brick wall wow that rain and then um uh something about it and and knowing that it was a boy okay. instead of like you know knowing that that was different right right um that okay. and so just the fact that it was this added layer as a young child. Well, A, and also the fact that he fucking knew that I saw The Exorcist right. <laughs> and was just like, you know, alley-ooping it with information to reinforce that that could be real instead of being like... <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, I... Rosalind might have missed this. I don't know. But you and I grew up in the satanic panic. Oh, right? yeah. I mean, it, 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 it started in like the early 80s. It didn't go away until like the early 90s. Oh, yeah. My, I, my we brother, both... for real, was obsessed with Satanism because he nine years older. So like when I got to be... 10 mm -hmm. he's 19 obsessed with alistair crowley sure which i fucking know like all this shit about alistair crowley <laughs> at like age 10 why because of my brother um led zeppelin and their ties led zeppelin <laughs> yes the loch ness which my brother was obsessed with wait the loch ness <laughs> oh yeah how does the loch ness monster well, factor not the monster they just there was a there was some magic I don't know, he just would tell me wait these. so it's just a coincidence that the monster is there <laughs> that has nothing to do with it i will get back to you because right. i need i haven't thought about this okay. stuff in a long okay. time but yeah so um so yeah, my brother like really thought of of he he would he would like to draw pentagrams and sure. things like that. And then but the satan, satanic panic segued to the 
the allegation, right, that these daycare workers yes. were were molesting yeah, kids? Yeah, yeah. There was this ritual. weird uh, mix of like paranoia with Satanism and childcare and uh, and like government, you know, just all, all the regular stuff, but but with a a pedophile ring, yeah, Satanist kind of thing going on for some reason. Yeah, yeah. That is so weird to me how like pedophile rings are a trope of like paranoia for many people. Oh yeah, yeah. They're- that's a big deal. Like why? Why that specifically? Yeah. Well, I mean, everyone does it. QAnon, you know, with right. The, like, why is it? Uh, well, because it's the worst thing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're right. You're right. The yeah. worst thing that could happen. Yeah. Well, but for me, you know, I grew up like you. I was told that this stuff was real. Like, I had, I, I did go to a Catholic church. It wasn't like a real extreme Catholic church. And looking back, I think if my mom really knew how worried about it I was, she probably. I don't think she meant she wasn't like trying to scare me like this really happens, but but we did all just take it as a fact, you know. Just like I remember going up to uh, some mountain in Virginia, and there was a pentagram sprayed everywhere, and there's like a bonfire pit, and my mom was like, "I wonder if that's where they sacrifice people." (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what kids, teenagers were always doing. They were always like having bonfires, Mm. spray painting pentagrams, right? Like with combs in their back pockets. (laughs) Like that was like that well, error. Yeah, well, I wearing think wallabies. It seemed to me that the the hysteria itself inspired kids oh, to yeah. actually do the stuff yeah. to some degree. I mean, most of them weren't very extreme, but they did kind of start their own little Satan groups. It's a great way to fuck with your parents if you're feeling like angsty. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And now it's just so just to piggyback on what you were saying earlier, Raz, about so I have two kids. I have a 13 year old and a 14 year old, and um. We have my husband. I have not raised them with any religion, and so the way that my thirteen-year-old is rebelling is by being like super into (sighs) God and Jesus and JC. Wow, you're like turn down that pet boon up there. (laughs) So weird and so effective because my Aaron and I are like, what the fuck do we do with that? Wow. Yeah. What what religion specifically? Oh, Christianity. But yeah. any any special sect of it? Oh, just... um, I mean, he does. He would not be. He would not in a million years be able to tell you. But he just knows that he wants to be a good guy. You oh, know that's nice. that. Yeah, I mean that's that's the type of Christianity I grew up with. It's just like there was no weird hate stuff. You know, it was like oh yeah, it no, was no, just no. like you're you're. An, I I like never thought like other religions go to hell or anything like that. Like I just thought like if you're a good person, you go to heaven. If you're a bad person, you go to hell. And, you know, that was pretty much it. Yeah. And just don't be a dick and you'll be fine. Other kids told me I was going to hell a lot when they found out I was an atheist. (laughs) Kids are, like, programmed to say that. They're like, you don't believe in God? You're going to hell. (laughs) (laughs) Were you worried about that at all? Or were you like, actually? (laughs) I was in, like. Show me one piece of evidence. (laughs) Your data set. I was in elementary school, but then, like, by the time I got to middle school, I had, like, developed the smart-ass um, response. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, whenever somebody would be like, oh, you don't believe in God, well, I'll pray for you. I would just turn it around and be like, and I'll stop. I'll hope you stop wasting your time. Yeah. Oh, Mic burn. drop, walk away, <laughs> sass completed, you know. <laughs> wow. So... Cool. Yeah. Man, I like that. I was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> was there uh was there any any uh vestiges of the the satanic panic when you when you were around, Rosalind? So not really like I think I just missed it because, you know, I, I was born in eighty eight and so by the time I was like cognizant of things, mm-hmm. I think it was mostly died down. But then Columbine kind of picked it back up yeah, a little kind bit. Of, right. Yeah. Yeah. And um I definitely like, you know, starting in like middle school, I started getting into like punk rock and wearing black clothes and all that good stuff. And I I definitely had like a lot of friends tell me their parents thought I was a bad influence. (laughs) (laughs) Just from the way you dressed? Yeah. So you were the satanic panic. Like, I I think it was like the remnants of that because like I had all these friends who were having problems, but like I was a pretty good kid. I didn't do drugs. I... Got really good grades. Um, and, you know, like I just wore a lot yeah. of black and listened to the descendants and thought right. I was cool, right. you know? <laughs> well, the, the thing was, like, it, I mean, Marilyn Manson really kind of single handedly uh, turned that into a genre, you know? Like, he took the whole satanic panic thing and kind of brought it back as like a musical genre. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Like, uh, but he was serious about it. You know, it wasn't like Motley Crue or something like that. Like, he's like really into all this crazy stuff. He had a dog yeah. in the race. He really did. Yeah. 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 Come to find that he's like a, a horrible yes. abuser, yeah. which when you're like, duh. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing, man. He's like, th- that guy does not represent like the goth. He's like a total bully. Like, he's yeah. just like a jerk, you yeah. know? Like, um, all right, why don't we read another confession here? Let's see, this one is coming to us from uh, Monica Lapasse, Luzon, Switzerland. Ooh. Am I saying that right? Yeah, Luzerne. Luzerne. Yeah. International confession. Yeah, we get a few of those every now and then. Uh, full Metal Jacket, I think I was six or seven. My dad told me to sit down and watch it with him. I don't think he knew how severe the film would be. He was always over the top at trying to make me tough, though. It was obviously scarring. Later in life, I would wind up working alongside the military quite a bit. The movie comes up often, mostly through dark humor, so it helped me that I had seen it in that way. Maybe he thought that I'd show me that would have maybe maybe he thought it would show me that you have to be tough to survive life. I'm not really sure. My dad is the kind of guy that teaches you the right way to do things through demonstrating the wrong way. Sounds very familiar. Um <clears throat> That movie in particular, I remember a kid describing it to me, and that was enough to like freak me out. Was that was the one with the sock party, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. I, I didn't see that. Until, Which is not until nearly college. as fun as it sounds. No. If, if, <laughs> no. And it was it was Adagio for strings, right? That like the song that's like the classical music piece that I don't know is associated with it. I think so. Okay. I could it was, have uh, Vincent D'Onofrio was the character. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like uh, around that age for me, this, I probably heard about that in like third grade or so. Like that's when you start to realize how cruel people, like you're, that the world is not Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers, you know, at least for me. That was when. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and I don't know, as a guy, you start to see how awful other guys, you know, how this like this, this, this uh, fighting kind of hierarchy type of thing plays into to to male psychology or something yeah i don't understand violence i think that was that was uh, it's still why horror movies are very strange to me and why i gravitate towards complex middle-aged um situations like on (laughs) film as opposed to like i like the idea that someone would like take a knife to someone else just seems absolutely bananas to me yeah like, the people do all the time i know I, mean. I just don't i don't it's there must i don't know it's, i'm like kind of the opposite like, really it fascinates me like because i i used to work as a advocate at a domestic violence charity and one of my jobs was to interview our clients and so i hear these horrible stories all day and I'd like get in my car, sit down, just kind of sigh, relax for a second and start to drive home listening to like a murder podcast. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah, yeah. Where I listen to these stories all day and then I'm like, okay, time for some murder now, right, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not into real life violence at all. You know, it disturbs me. Um but I do love violence on the screen, you know, <laughs> and, I, and I love hearing about that stuff. You know, I can't watch like any any actual videos of violence. I did watch Faces of Death when I was like seventeen or something, which thank the Lord, a lot of that stuff was apparently fake. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And I so I uh, just to, to caveat Faces of Death, when I watched it, I believe it was with my brother, and he was laughing the whole time, so it made it very confusing. <laughs> like, but but that was how it was pre- like kind of. Um, it was really fucked up. Anyway, um, <laughs> but yeah, the uh, my husband loves violent films and he loves horror movies and um, he's like a public radio guy, so it's weird. Like, because um, if you met him, I think in real life you're like it, I met him. Yeah, it, he doesn't necessarily maybe seem like someone who would like those things. Maybe he does, and I just am not giving him enough masculine credit. I don't know. I definitely wasn't freaked out when he said he was into horror. <laughs> I wasn't like, no, you. <laughs> All right, yeah. But he loves it. He really, like, he finds it relaxing to yeah. watch horror movies. Actually, I think I remember him asking me uh, when I was on The Laugh Finder about uh, my, favorite, my favorite Friday the 13th films. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, um, he, we, in fact, when we had our first baby, I remember very distinctly 
he got um, it was when Netflix came in the mail and he was really excited because it was like we, he was on paternity leave and he um, Freddie versus Jason. Oh, uh, I love it. Yes. Love that one. What do you, do you like that one, Rosalind? Yeah, that fun. one's very divisive among horror fans. Yeah, I like it because it embraces the camp. And at Dude, that point, if it was everything yeah. my like 12 year old boy self could have dreamed of yeah. in a film like that. You know, I loved that it was just like over the top and ridiculous. And then Alien versus Predator came out after that. Yeah. Oh. Was that yeah. after? I think it was after. Yeah. Kramer oh. versus Kramer was actually before. <laughs> Which is that yeah. Yeah, totally yeah. up my alley. Also, a movie <laughs> I watched very young and was like, God, that's so real, guys. Like <laughs> as like a seven year old. Well, at least you got some real variety, like with your <laughs> oh, inappropriate I totally watching. Oh yeah. And yeah, I remember very clearly going to visit my aunt in Florida in seventh grade and going to the video store. And she's like, you can rent anything you want. And I chose Hannah and her sisters. It's <laughs> like so wow. weird. And like, <laughs> I was like very excited to see it. Nice. <laughs> you were like eight going on 40. <laughs> yeah. Also, when 30 something came out, which was this show about people in oh, their. I remember yeah, that. yeah. I was in eighth grade and absolutely obsessed with it. Like, I had to make sure that I had my homework done to watch it. <laughs> well, I feel like that. that's not that. Like, I feel like that's the age, like, some people start getting into, like, soap yeah, operas and 90210 yeah. and stuff. Yeah. You know? Degrassi. Do you ever watch that? Oh, one? I love Degrassi Junior High. I, the original. That would actually come on PBS sometimes, wouldn't it? Yes. Because it was from Canada. Yeah, yeah. By, that, <laughs> by that point, I had found out about PBS and, like, it was no longer we're po- smart people. <laughs> Your parents had the V-chip for PBS. <laughs> Um, all right, Rosalind. Yes. What did you watch way too young? Um, so I have a couple for this, but the, the main one that came to mind immediately when I, when I heard the topic was, um, I was about four years old and the version of Dracula with Keanu Reeves in it oh, came out. Oh my God, you were four. I was four. four. Yeah. <gasps> And so, dude, it, I couldn't even watch the count at that age. Like when he did the thunder and lightning, I had to run upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew I was a man the day that I stayed in the living room and watched it. <laughs> and that was that was three years ago. Oh, okay. Well, we're all very proud of you, Mikey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but um, so I was living in um, Southern California at the time with my obviously with my parents. I was four. <laughs> <laughs> I was with my boyfriend. <laughs> he was having an affair. And getting into community theater. Yeah. While working construction. <laughs> um, and, you know, they had gone out. So they left us with a babysitter. And her name was Karma. <laughs> which my mom said has always said since then that should have been her first clue sure. not to leave us with this woman. <laughs> but, um, you know, like... In my head, she's like an adult, but I'm sure she was just like a teenage girl. Sure. And the movie must have just come out because if I, it came out when I was four, so it must have like just come out. My parents maybe rented it or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I distinctly remember watching the scene where Dracula like rips open a doctor's throat and drinks his blood. Mm. And in my mind, I just remember seeing karma and my brother sitting on the couch watching it. And I was like crouched behind the couch, like the stereotypical (laughs) thing where I was like peeking around and it scared the shit out of me until I was like 10 years old. Like that year at Halloween, like I couldn't go out because I saw kids dressed up like vampires. So I had to go back home immediately. Um, Like, for the longest time, I had problems in our basement because there was this long, dark hallway, and I was convinced Dracula was going to come down the hallway. Because <laughs> sure. well, didn't he like fly a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember the movie that well because I've never watched it after that. It's, it's it Gary is a weird Oldman, movie. Right? Yeah, it's Gary Oldman, and he's like several different versions of Dracula. Like he's an old man at one point, and then he's like a young man, and then he's like a bat monster kind of thing. It's a really strange movie. Yeah, yeah. It, I think I tried to watch it on TV or something, and it didn't hold my interest or yeah, something. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's not a very good movie, but it is it is worth watching, just the spectacle of it. It's just, like, super over-the-top, like, stylized to, to the max, you know? Just, yeah. like, gothic times a thousand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I might have to give it another watch. But, <laughs> yeah, so until I was, like, 10 years old, crippling fear of vampires, like... 
couldn't, you know, couldn't be in near dark hallways. Couldn't like, drink anyone's blood. Couldn't drink anyone's blood, <laughs> uh, which really, you know, hindered my social life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, to completely reverse it, uh, the movie Top Gun had a very <laughs> weird, like, hold on my childhood. Because um, it was like... Was it the playing with the boys scene where they're doing... <laughs> volleyball their shirts off that i liked that scene a lot but i didn't understand why i liked me, it. me and my friend <laughs> me and my friend aaron would watch that and then and we, and we would take our shirts off and like play volleyball in the living room basically for a while and we'd sing playing with the boys <laughs> that's, the, that's the best thing i've ever heard um, uh, did you guys perfect the behind the back high five Probably. Yeah. High fives were definitely a, a part of our relationship at some point, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Continue. No. But but anyway, it was like the first movie my dad got on VHS. So it was like if he sat down and he wanted to watch a movie, it would be Top Gun. But like he treated it like a religious experience. <laughs> like he would turn off every single light in the house. He would have the entire family gather in the living room. And then he would play it like the opening scene where the jets take off. He would rewind and watch that scene four times in a row because he liked uh, to watch the your jets. dad, Howard Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> there's some similar qualities, I guess. I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of jars. No, no. Anyway. <laughs> no, but um, but so and then he would like watch the movie but he would always fast forward through the volleyball scene and um, the sex scene. Well, the sex scene is there's zero chemistry there because Kelly McGillis. So this is a fun. This is my fame adjacent thing um, is that my dad, one of his many affairs was with this lovely woman from community theater <laughs> named Vanessa, who's who uh, was from Kenya and just very exotic. Ooh. And she uh, left him. For Kelly McGillis. Oh. And uh, they're no longer together, Kelly McGillis and Vanessa, but they're friends. And Kelly McGillis is in Key West and is is very much live, an, an out lesbian. Really? Yeah. Was, so, she, was she always or just recently? I, I think she was always. And really? Yeah. She wow. just couldn't like. Good for her yeah. in the 80s. Oh, yeah. Well, no, she was not lady. out. Sorry. Oh, I, okay. I'm saying she was always a lesbian, but she was right. she didn't come out until. I it think, was probably that scene with Tom Cruise I that think, did it. But I, if you watch it again, it's really clear. Like these yeah. two people. They're, they do not have chemistry at all, you know, because there's also the rumor that Tom Cruise is sure. is gay, which I haven't heard in a long time, and it's is maybe very. Well, that was that was like a comp. That was like that kind of went along with the satanic panic, like gay rumors. Right. You know? I remember always hearing like bands were either satanists or they were gay. Yeah. And, and the gay was so terrible. Like it was such a terrible time because it was like if you were gay, the homophobia was so. Ripe that it would be like well that you know they found a gerbil in the yeah know, like Gears. yeah like, yeah <laughs> or like they had to get their stomach so pumped because they had so much like semen <laughs> yes. in it it was like it couldn't just be gay like right, in a human right, being yeah. it had to be yeah. this ridiculous yeah. like over the top reason for finding it out like discovering medical right. uh, you know link mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Top Gun, why was that inappropriate for you? Um, I think like it's. There okay, I'm not the first person to point out the obvious like homoerotic undertones in that movie. Right. But like I think I was like slightly too young as a kid to have a sexual awakening, but I was sort of having that watching right. that movie cuz there's like a lot of like just like shirtless dudes yeah. or like really phallic like, planes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Masculine behavior, <laughs> like I don't know. Um but also the sex scene was what taught me what sex was. Cause you know, like my dad would fast forward through it. So we just watched this really <laughs> So that's why you always very, have very, very, very speedy sex. <laughs> yeah. It's like three minutes tops and I'm out. Like, <laughs> well, uh, I mean, how explicit was the sex scene? It didn't show nudity, did it? No, it's not that, it's not that bad. It's like, I just remember the whole thing's lit like really blue and they're like making out and they take uh, each other's clothes. Thought, like I it was to take, like uh, take my, Breath away. Yeah. The and Berlin. You, oh, yeah, the sounds. And they always do like the kissing sounds way too loud. The worst is like when uh, Sue and I always talk about this, like with like the pillow talk afterward when her hands like on his hairy chest. <laughs> <laughs> movies. 
they have that like weird blue light all the time. Yeah. My um the movie that I remember seeing way too young, but I was I was definitely like, oh, I find this very something, and I didn't know what that something was because I was so young. Was Valley Girl? Oh, I love that. Oh movie. God, that's I legit one it. of my favorite movies. Oh, it's such a good movie. Yeah, it's Nicolas Cage's first movie, and it's really well done. I mean, actually, I haven't seen it in in a while, but I. It's the um, it's the the movie that used um, "Melt with You" by oh, okay. Modern English. It was, you know, he was a punk and she was from the valley, and mm. it was it's like a Romeo and Juliet thing. But it's, um, God, it's such a quintessentially like eighties. Yeah. Now I've heard about it a yeah. million times. I don't know why I've never seen it. Um, so why, that was a sexual awakening kind of thing oh, yeah. for you. Yeah, I remember. I have a, such a vivid memory. This is the saddest thing. But I have because our TV was in my mom's room, so like my parents' room, but then my mom's room. So uh, she would be like on the bed, passed out, and I would be like in a little rocking chair, <laughs> <laughs> and I was watching Valley Girl and just being like, oh, you know, like this is really. <laughs> Well, what really what, neat? Like they just were they, like he Nicholas Cage was shirtless, which I know sounds horrific now, but oh, at the yeah. time he was like, so he was young and attractive and like very interesting looking, and a it lot was of like chest hair. a lot of a lot chest, of chest, hair. chest yeah. hair, yeah, and just like <laughs> he was punk, and I even at that age I knew like okay, that's also what I'm going to gravitate right. towards. Like he. Um, it was just, and and he was so emotive in the movie. Like he was so in love with her, and it you know it was forbidden love. And hmm. oh god, you know what mine was uh, when they opened up the back of Small Wonder. <laughs> I don't like to this day. I I I had never really watched this show, so I didn't know she was a robot. Wait, and, this is when you had your sexual yeah. awakening. Yeah. <laughs> We are diving deep into it was, your psyche, sir. <laughs> it was, it, I don't know if it was an awakening, but it was a thing. And I was like, what the hell am I feeling? <laughs> like, for, I didn't know she was a robot. And then I saw like a, a, a commercial for it and they opened her up and she was like full of circuits. And somehow that just like did something strange to it's me. It's like a Cronenberg situation. <laughs> I know, I know. And I, I'm not like into that type of stuff, I don't think, but like. <laughs> I remember, like the next day in second grade, just being like, "What? What is this feeling? I've never felt this." Before. And were you like on the playground, like, guys, did did everyone else see Small Wonder? Like, did you? What What was your? I'm reaction? drawing pictures of Small Wonder. Keep Mike away from your HVAC system. <laughs> you can't resist the tubes. Um. Yeah. So that was mine. Um. All right. Can I tell you guys my? Uh. The, that was one of my things, but. Uh, the, the movie that I saw way too young. Um, there was a 1990 version of Lord of the Flies. Do you oh. remember that? It had Balthazar Getty and um, some other some other kids. Oh, I've, I've heard, heard of, of this, but I've I haven't seen it. Yeah, same. Yeah, I had like no idea what it was. I thought it was, I, I don't know why my parents were watching it with me. It was rated R. And it just like I said, that at that age, like there's just something about like you start to, or for me, I, I like start to see the depravity of man, and just like you know things are not as cute and fuzzy as we're taught when we're in kindergarten, and uh, it, it just uh, watching people be cruel to each other, you know, just like indifference towards each other's lives. And piggy, poor yeah, piggy. I know that Fuck. scene messed me up. Yeah, and they did it differently in this one. They just like they just push like they just drop a boulder on them. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. And uh yeah, that movie it, but I was fascinated too. It was one of those things where I like was it freaked me out, but I also wanted to find the book and, and I read it like four times in elementary school. Wow. Yeah. I know. <laughs> you had a lot of difficult concepts to wrestle <laughs> with in elementary school. Yeah. I like I would I would like you know, I'd like tune out until like the action parts pretty much. But uh yeah, I was just I had like nightmares about it. To this day, there's like a little part of my psyche that's just like like something will strike me as disturbing and it feels just just like that feeling oh gosh yeah i'm sorry and i kind of think maybe that's why i got into slasher movies because like it's almost kind of the same plot a lot of the times you know which i I always wonder like why no one cites lord of the flies as like uh an inspiration for the for the horror genre yeah that's a good point yeah I feel like a lot of the themes are very similar. Like even in zombie movies, you know, they always have the guy that got bit who's like hiding the bite from everybody. And Mm. it's like he's putting his own, you know, fear of death above 
the lives of all these other people. Yeah. Like it's very, there's a lot of parallels there with Lord of the Flies. I feel like definitely. Yeah. Uh, do you have any other ones, Jessica? Um, I, you know, I don't, I, I, I'm trying to think, hold on. Jimmy? I have a list. Sorry, I mean, she cut you off right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, while she you checks lose, her Jimmy? list twice. No, over no. There. Yeah. You should, you should go Jimmy. Um, I'm sure there's a lot, but the one that I'm thinking of right now, uh, when I was, what, what year does the sixth sense come out? 99, I think. 99. Oh, okay. So I would have been, year, I, think. I would have been seven. Okay. I think when I watched that movie and that was one where I, I always, my parents never gave a shit about watching rated R movies, mm-hmm. which is good. Cause I think most rated R movies I was able to process and comprehend, especially like the sex scenes and stuff like I don't know. It never really... I mean, to this day, I, I hate watching sex scenes. It's just awkward, especially when you're watching with other people. Oh, you don't absolutely. Know, you don't yeah. know where to look. I hate those scenes. It's kind of like when I'm high, it's like I don't know how to make my face to look normal. Like when there's a sex scene on TV, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, all right, what is the appropriate facial expression to have? Right. So I don't. You don't want to look like you're way too into it. <laughs> yeah, like, like, don't want to like look like you're a yeah. either. Like, I just got to look at my friend and be like... <laughs> Phase me. Like, really? I'm indifferent. I don't even care about this. You want some <laughs> chips? <laughs> but also, you can't fast forward because then it's like, oh, come on, dude. I'm trying to watch that scene. Anyway, <laughs> but The Sixth Sense was definitely. Uh, I remember when uh, there were two scenes in that movie that really got me for whatever reason. The first one was uh, when the, the ghost kid. The boy come, with the gun. Yeah. And he oh, goes, God. Come on, Which was Donnie you. Wahlberg, yeah. motherfucker. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. He was, he was at the, you're talking about the kid that like shot his head off, right? Yes. Like the ghost. Yeah. Remember, like Donnie Wahlberg was in the opening scene oh. where he uh, he came into the house and yes, killed yes, himself. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's who I was thinking. And then later, under, the underwear. little boy, yeah, yeah. The little boy uh, finds um, uh, uh uh, a ghost who has his head missing. Yes, yes, yes. Part well, of his head. Well, yeah. There was the there was the one who the the gun kid. He comes up and he goes, uh, "Come on, let me show you where my dad hides his guns." And then he turns around the whole head. Uh, yeah. I was like, "Oh man!" And then <laughs> and <laughs> and then when he runs, and that's where you the, had your sexual awakening. Yeah. <laughs> and then he runs into the tent, and the kid is like throwing up. It looks like oatmeal. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's Misha Barton, by the way. Oh, wow. All kinds How of star-studded ghosts. <laughs> every every new age Hollywood star got their start the, as yeah. a ghost. The yeah. Richard Bronson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was a really... But I tell you what, seven years old, Saw the twist coming the whole time. Did you really? <laughs> Saw a new Bruce Willis was dead me. the whole time. No, I don't. I don't know any adults that not. knew it the no, first time. Um, <laughs> oh, <okay>. Yeah, dude, <laughs> seven years old. I was traumatized by a ghost, but I was like, Bruce Willis is obviously dead. <laughs> what is he doing? What does M Night Shyamalan think he's doing Literally right the now? The symbolism of the color red gives it away. <laughs> I love that um, that movie. It was such a fucking genius movie. It really was. And then M. Night Shyamalan, like after that movie was yeah. like, I know the formula for making a perfect movie and then yeah. made nothing but <laughs> horror, they, like subsequently worse how movies. How does yeah. he still get these huge budget premieres with his name over the title? I don't know. These movies must be making a profit, right? Oh, they keep yeah. Letting he just did Servant on, um, on Apple Although, TV. Although I will say the, the trailer for his new one does look kind of cool. <laughs> Of course it does. Yeah, the trailers. Yeah, the trailers. That's what lures you in every fucking time. And then you're like, oh, M. Night again. You should just make trailers. Fucking bullshit. The The visit was decent. The visit was decent. Yeah, I want to see that. I've heard that one's okay. Um, The village. So, okay, so you know he ripped off the twist for The Sixth Sense from an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark, right? Really? He said that in an interview, I think. Wow. I have seen that episode, too. Yeah. Us 90s kids, we (laughs) know when you're ripping on Are You Afraid of the Dark. Exactly. Submit your approval for the... The Midnight Society does not approve of plagiarism. (laughs) You've been unapproved by the Midnight Society. Dude, that's a a t-shirt. The Midnight Society does not approve. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, and the the village, the one with um, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, yeah. 
lesser known. He took the twist. I'm convinced you took the twist from that one from this young adult book called Running Out of Time hmm. about a girl who like lives in basically like a fake colonial Williamsburg. Mm. But all the kids think it's real because the adults took them there like yeah. to protect them. I'm convinced mm. you stole the twist from that one, too. Yeah. Wow. I thought the village was actually pretty decent from what I remember. It was all right. It's it was uh, the guy. Yeah, I like yeah. the scenery and the, the visuals and everything. Um, yeah. So to go back to the other movie that I had on my list was Mommy Dearest. Oh, uh. that was an infamous one, girl. Yeah. My sisters always talked about that one. Yeah. I don't think I ever saw it. Yeah. But it sounded amazing. Oh, I God. wanted to see it. It's so fucking it sounded like and so, wonderful. God, and those, those like yeah. flowers in the attic kind of like twisted family Tales yeah. from the eighties were just yeah, but this was real. It was all about uh, oh god, I'm gonna blame Joan her. Crawford. Oh, thank you, Joan Crawford's like as a Hollywood star. It was from written oh. by her. It was based on her adopted daughter's uh, memoir. Oh, okay, yeah. Wow. So wow, and so what was some of the crazy stuff that happened in that one? Well, it was just this incredible like manipulative. Um, m- famous mom who was a glamorous movie star who in in like the cover of night would abuse her children Jesus. just like mercilessly now you know there is some like um pushback that like this was not a very well vetted mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. <laughs> situation <laughs> and and perhaps there might be more to the story but from the perspective of of Christina her um her adopted daughter like they just they just it was a nonstop abuse um mm. and um both physical and and psychological um there was the wire hangers uh scene where she beat them because yeah you always hear about that yeah. one yeah but it's it was also one of the few <laughs> movies that i saw with kids in it so i was like this is great cuz it's got kids wow. in it. it's a kids movie <laughs> It's gonna be just like the Goonies. Toys and shit. Um, but yeah, it was it was totally dark and and yeah. Scary. I, I feel like that that kind of stuff almost tied into the Satanic Panic in a way too. Like the the psychological kind of like uh, I don't know what it was. Just like the the therapy kind of fears of the day, you know, and like repressed memories and stuff. Oh like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. The repressed memory, which. That's been debunked, right? Yeah, it's been yeah, debunked. Absolutely, yeah. 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 Hmm. yeah. All right. Well, is there anything else we want to uh, discuss before we wrap it on up? I'm curious. Okay, so I'm going to I'm gonna flip the theme. Okay. If you guys are interested. A little bit of theme flipping going on. What kids movie moment uh, scared the shit out of you okay. when you were a child? Okay. Let's see where we're going. Yeah. Uh, I know, so I I know exactly the answer to this, and it's a kids movie called Something Wicked This Way Comes. Oh, I've heard of that one. And it just still to this day, it scares. Just the that shit. title is horrifying. Oh, fuck. I think it was a Ray Bradbury book, but it was it was definitely supposed to be a kids movie. Well, it's a, I think it came from Shakespeare. Like, isn't there a quote called yeah, some, like yeah. from Macbeth or something? Yeah, probably. It was very scary. It was about a, a circus, a demonic circus that comes to town. Oh my god! We yeah. actually showed that for Mondo Halloween. Whoa, one no way! Yeah. It's apparently kind of hard to get a copy of it because it was a Disney movie, and so many kids are afraid of it that they don't really produce right, it. Right, right. Wow, interesting. Yeah, I'll tell you uh this one wasn't actually just the title did it to me uh i heard it at the bus the the bus stop uh from a girl named farah who was my sister's age uh and the title was the watcher in the woods and that spooked me out so much that i i like cried to my mom that night when it got dark out because i was but i couldn't tell her what it what it was i couldn't say it (laughs) but then like a year later i was like oh i gotta see that you know yeah. And I watched it and it was like, okay, you know. Well, that's <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. What's what yours, about? Ross? Um, so mine was actually my parents I shared a room with my brother like when I was really young and my parents were trying to decorate our room and they got this big poster from Five Goes West. Oh yeah. I, I think that's a sequel to it. Yeah, yeah, I oh, saw yeah. that in the theaters. Oh yeah. And like one of the villains in the movie is this like tarantula who's a sheriff. Hmm. <laughs> 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 they fr- eight arms of the law yeah um and they had taken us to see the movie and like i got through the movie okay but i knew he was evil and my parents for some reason decided to frame this poster and they hung it over the bed i was sleeping in 
And so the tarantula was really close to me. So I would lay there at night trying to go to sleep with this like terrifying, what I thought was terrifying tarantula sheriff like staring at me. (laughs) And I remember as a kid, like not knowing how to ask my parents to take it down. So I was like, I have two choices. I can either sleep facing him or, and not be able to sleep because he's scary. Or I can sleep with my back to him, but then he can sneak up on me yeah. anytime he wants to. Right, right. And, <laughs> and it really, like, I guess finally I had a nightmare about him or something. They took it down, but I just vividly remember that just messing up my sleep for oh my probably weeks. <laughs> wow. Wow. Did you have one, Jimmy? I think I've mentioned it before on this podcast, but there was this, much like what you were talking about, the Disney movies, um, there was this Disney sing-along that I don't know when it came out, but I I would watch it when I was like a really little kid, like three or four years old. This would have been the mid-90s. So I don't know what it was, but there was this one that they did... And it was it was a you know just a tape of like a bunch of different songs and like every song would have like different Disney characters but they were like live action Disney characters they weren't cartoons it right. was like the Disney characters that you'd see if you went to Disney World like in mm-hmm. full costume mm-hmm. so it was like kind of creepy that they were all like sure. people in costumes yeah and then they were there was this one like spooky song they did that was just I remember it really creeped me out and yeah. it was the the fuel for a lot of nightmares I had at that age and like I'm actually interested to see. What it, I haven't watched it obviously in probably like twenty five years just to see what it looks like. But Do you remember I, what the, how the song went? No, but I, I I bet if I typed it into YouTube, it's probably on there. Definitely. So I might actually do that right after the podcast. Honestly, it sounds. Good. I'm kind of interested. Yeah. Too, yeah. All right, guys. Well, this has been an excellent episode. Thank you so much, Thanks Jessica. For having me. It was Thank really you, fun. Rosalind. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Jimmy. And we will see everybody next time on. The confessional. <laughs> <laughs>